Hello, H&H listeners. Why are you laughing? Because you said hello. Hello. Sometimes you don't want to say hello like hello. <laughs> Do you ever say it like that? No, probably you not. Don't. I don't probably think you not. Do. Welcome to the H&H Hour. <laughs> my name is Heather Taves, and my co-host and my sister is Heidi Bolt. And we are so happy that you are here with us we this are. evening. Heather has this thing that in her... 40th year, she wants to have a lot of fun. So I think that's why you said hello like that, <laughs> just to make us laugh. I think so, probably. Laughter is good. It is changing so it up. Good. Yeah. You know, you, you, you realize that you say the same things to your kids and your spouse all the time, mm-hmm. and then you start to sound robotic. Yeah. You know, like I have realized that I say okay a lot. Really? Before I make... I've known you a long time, and I did not, I've never picked up on that. Well, before I might give my kids some instructions, I think specifically oh, when I'm teaching school, like okay, I'll be now like, we're gonna okay. do math, or okay, and it oh. drives me crazy. And so I've tried to stop saying okay. Who pointed that out to you? I pointed it out to myself. Okay, so when I, you were pod, podcast editing? No, it's not when I. It's not when I podcast. It's when I'm talking to my kids, specifically when I'm teaching mm, them school. Okay, like. <laughs> You know, those things that you just pick up. Nuances. You're like, I have to stop that because it's not yeah. proper English. Heather, we were podcasting this afternoon. We had a guest on the phone. And you know, when you've got someone on the phone, when you're face to face, it would be a little easier to be like, hey, we need to pause. I have to step out. <laughs> but when you're over the phone, you don't you don't have that face to face time. So you can't really do any of those verb like nonverbal communications. And all of a sudden, we had all all five kids in the house. Right. Okay, so which was a pretty huge feat in and of itself. It's pretty impressive that you can record a podcast with five children in the house. Yeah, under the age of 12. Yes. Yeah. So one of them was napping, and then all it was, we were literally on the last question wrapping up. I mean, it was like just moments away from being done. And we hear this, what we first think is laughter, and then we realize it's actually a very strong cry. Crying. <laughs> and I'm realizing that it's one of my children, and so I give you the, like, I have to sneak out signals so i'm like sneaking out of your very squeaky door yes. which we need to spray that because yes, it's squeaky. wd-40 but um i get downstairs and he's sobbing and he says i have to poop so bad <laughs> he needed he needed mommy to be down there to let him poop Bunny. and so that's why he was crying about yes. the pot. and i just thought how interesting like no one that listens to that episode will ever know. know. And I'm trying to like... That is dr- so ordinary. Right. I'm trying to draw out like the last moments of this podcast with this guest. So it's not awkward like, okay, now I'm going to close Heidi the show. <laughs> She's gone. So that's just like a snippet no, into real life. I was I down it. there thinking, this is so ordinary. If someone's listening thinking... Oh my gosh, this is so extraordinary that they podcast. They're so perfect. It's like, it no. It works out. I had to sneak out because, I mean, crap happens. <laughs> crap happens. Right? It's so true. Uh, if this is someone's first episode, <laughs> we welcome. We have a point. <laughs> welcome to the H&H Hour. Yes. We are really glad that you're here. And the whole point of this show is to highlight that ordinary events, ordinary life is extraordinary. That's right. And that it's the littlest things in life that are often the biggest things and the most important things. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer I live, Heidi, the more I realize that. Yeah. You know, my husband and I were at a hockey tournament for our son this past weekend, and we looked at each other, and literally at the same time, we both said, we will never forget these moments. Yeah. Like, they were so ordinary because we were at a hockey game. But to us, it was memories for a lifetime. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we view life through that lens. That's really good. Okay, so we have a guest in this show, and I'm super excited about this mm-hmm. particular guest. He is near and dear to our hearts. He is. Because he married our third H. He did. Yes. Our third H. So we would love for our listeners to welcome to the show Isaac Schaefer. How are we doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing really good. So, you know, we started this podcast because we have so many siblings and siblings and loves that we knew we could have guests for a decade. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, you can take up quite a bit of shows with all of us. <laughs> no, you're actually somebody that Heidi and I have had on our radar for a really long time because we feel like you have such an awesome perspective on so many topics. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't wait to just hear your heart on these things. Mm-hmm. So start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, first, I just want to take the opportunity to just say publicly to all of your listeners that uh, they are actually 
the way that they seem on the podcast, the sister banter is real. Because <laughs> um, we, uh, being family members living in the same city and, and, you know, being leaders of the same church, we do a lot of life together. So uh, I just want to publicly commend you guys for uh, just obeying God and doing this podcast and reaching people that aren't here. So if uh, there are listeners that uh, aren't around, that aren't in uh, the daily life of, of uh, the H and the H, uh, uh, this th- this is really who they are. They really are who they say they are. They practice what they preach. Um, so uh, I just want to publicly honor you guys with that. Uh, but my name is uh, Isaac Schaefer. Uh, I did marry Holly, uh, the third H. Uh, I uh, am a recent father. My son Atlas is now uh, almost actually seven months old tomorrow. And we are yeah, two of his very biggest fans. That is true. Probably Smitten, because probably Smitten. because you look uh, much to him like his mom. Yeah, <laughs> he so, does. He does look at us strangely. Like looks between the three of us. Like what's happening right now? <laughs> he does. Ba- baby's eyes are are not quite developed yet, and so you're probably all of you are probably still a little blurry. So he probably thinks that what that is that? he's seeing like triple. Uh, to, to some degree, he knows who yeah. mom is, but he's yeah. like, it's close enough where he's still a little yeah. confused. A little, you can yeah. see it on so, his face for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I uh, am a leader of our church. I'm on the leadership team. I'm on the teaching team. I'm on the worship team. Uh, my day job is uh, I'm a physician assistant, uh, and I do uh, orthopedic surgery, mostly uh, hip and knee replacements, just did four of them today wow. uh, before coming here. So uh, that's what I do uh, in my day-to-day. Um, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so uh, we just recently brought two new questions to our podcast. Mm-hmm. We used to ask, what's ordinary about yourself? Yeah. What's extraordinary about yourself? And then we are like, we're kind of bored of those. Well, we um, said, let's switch it up. Let's we switch might bring it up. back. We someday. might. We might. They were good questions. But we want to know... What is the most fun you've had recently? That's now, a great keep question. in mind this needs to be probably like PG thirteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know if I could bring Holly into this. I or mean, not. you definitely can. Just little ears <laughs> maybe listen. Uh, no, uh, uh, excluding that, um, uh, I actually was listening to uh, the podcast with Thomas and Katie, who are two very mm. dear friends of mine, and I hate to to steal their answer, but I was also on the Haiti trip. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, it was just an unbelievable trip with unbelievable people and, and memories that, uh, you know, we'll never forget. And so mm-hmm. that's, that has to be the most fun thing I've done mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks for sure. It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Was. It? it was. I Not really... as much for you because you were sick. That's true. <laughs> but... That's true. But I really think that's incredible because, I mean, you were in a, a country that had a, has a lot of need mm-hmm. and you were volunteering your time and you were taking time off work. And so you were making sacrifices to be there. Mm-hmm. And yet without all his wife of you, and his son. without your wife, without your son, yeah. all of you came back so filled up. And this is what I thought. We can never outserve God. Yeah. We can never outgive God. All of you were serving your guts out mm-hmm. long days in the sun, loving people and building buildings. And you came back so filled up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is just a picture of how God's economy works, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think that uh, a lot of that was just simply due to God's grace to us on the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, there was not a single bad attitude. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear a single complaint, even from people that were hurt or sick mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. I think God just really had his hand on everything that was... Uh, going on there, uh, and also just the uh, the people at Lifesong, uh, the compound, uh, the ministry that we were uh, there serving, um, uh, we our hearts just felt like they were unified with them, and everything yeah. that they were doing, everything that their ministry was about, everything they were trying to accomplish with Haiti, and so it was such an awesome example of what the Big C Church looks like, and that yeah. you know we really are in this. Uh, for God's kingdom and mm-hmm. the fact that there are these people thousands of miles away that are doing the same work that we're doing. They're just doing it in a different culture, in a different place. Yes. But we felt so unified. And I yes. think that was one of the coolest things uh, from from my perspective and one of the biggest reasons why I felt filled up, apart from you know just uh, a serving and exercising our gifts to build the kingdom. But that one of the single things that really stood out to me and that filled me up was the fact that we were just so unified with yeah. everything that was going on there. And that just, it, it 
filled us up with uh, hope and joy for what they were doing, Mm -hmm. but it also filled us up with anticipation for uh, coming back to Peoria and serving our own city. Uh, And so that, that, that's why we were so filled up and that's why we were so filled with joy. Uh, uh, We were sad leaving Haiti because it was such an awesome experience, Mm -hmm. but we were so ready to come back and continue serving the city that we live in. I think that's such an important point that so many people need to hear is that so often I think we feel we can get the mistake that if we're on mission, it means we're away on mission. Yeah. Being on mission for Jesus is right here, right, right where you're at. at. Mm-hmm. Who's in front of you? What's your next step? Who are you yeah. encountering? It's always that person. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so important. And then the other thing that strikes me about what you're talking about is we've been talking a lot about unity mm-hmm. and what that looks like for the big C church, meaning the global church, the entire church of Jesus. And I love that you guys got to be in a place so, so different than where you're currently called to serve. Mm -hmm. And yet that same spirit was there. It felt, it felt so much like home. It it, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, I I didn't, uh, obviously we knew we were in a different country, but I, I really didn't feel like we were. I felt like I was serving the same God, the same kingdom, and we were that. all in it for the same mission. And it was, uh, it was refreshing, and it was uh, just uh, joy filling, and it was it was just an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, I could would echo everything that you said. Yeah. It was, and there was no like um, getting used to it time period. Like no. you just the, from the moment yeah. we got there and got on the bus, it was like okay, this is. Reunited. Yeah, yeah. And yeah it, it was. was really it was the. I've I've been on missions trips before, and all of them were amazing experiences. But I, I had not experienced anything like that. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah, really powerful. Okay, so let's continue. Let's talk about your church leadership. <laughs> yeah. Because so, you and Holly are part of our church leadership mm-hmm. team. Like you said, you're on the worship team. You are on the lead. You're on the preaching team. Mm-hmm. You kind of you kind of wear a lot of hats on yeah. the team. Um, what has surprised you about being in church leadership? Well, can we, can we ask or tell our listeners how old you are? I'm 27. 27 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a young buck. Uh, so, um. Your wisdom exceeds your age. Your maturity exceeds your age. I Uh, forget that you're, I do. I sometimes forget that you're not my age Mm -hmm. when we Mm -hmm. hang out because we do life together. We do a lot of life together. And then I have this moment where I'm like, man, he's a decade younger than me. When I don't think it's that age really matters, I think it's the the amazing hand of God on young people mm-hmm. that have been called to a level of leadership that most people don't get until they're much older, much older a decade yeah. older. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I would also want to honor the generation that went ahead of me and God's hand on them and that I have had, uh, un- I mean, starting with unbelievable parents that, that really... Um, uh, shepherded mine and my brother's heart so well uh, and led us so well spiritually to uh, pastors, youth group leaders, uh, just individual friends that we had, you know, awesome spiritual relationships with. The reason why uh, I think God has put me in the positions that he has and has given me the gifts and and the wisdom that he has is because there have been so many uh, people that were smarter and wiser going ahead of me. uh, And and he just gave me uh, ears to listen and eyes to see and Mm -hmm. and to to learn as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 would take a lot of people a long way, especially young people. They want to do their own thing. They want to, you know, forge their own path, which there's something to be said about that. But if you don't, sit and shut your mouth and listen to the wisdom of people that have gone before you, you're going to go through a lot more hurt than you need to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, wow. so that's, I think that that's why, you know, I am the, the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as far as, uh, you know, church leadership, I've, uh, and, and kind of what surprised me, I don't know that anything has really surprised me that much. I think my wife kind of mentioned this, uh, when she did her podcast and that she, uh, does a lot to try and manage her expectations. Mm. Um, and it's not that I'm managing my expectations of what God is going to do. Those I kind of let run wild and free and, and, and let God surprise us with what he has to do. But as far as expectations of, you know, people or how things are, are going to go, I, I, I just don't really have a lot. And my nature is to kind of just, you know, go with the flow. I'm pretty hard to uh, disrupt or shake. And so, um, 
it has been a battle, uh, and there have been uh, uh, lots of victories. There have been uh, lots of hurts to get over, but um, I think ultimately the truth of, of God's sovereignty and his goodness and his faithfulness to us just reigns supreme. And so even though you know those things happen, in my mind, they are so temporary that's like, okay, that's done, on to the next thing. God's still moving, and so I'm not going to sit here uh, and you know dwell on what went wrong or what could have gone better. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Um, so uh, that's probably how I'd answer that question. Okay, let's talk a little bit about preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, like Heidi said, on our teaching team, and our church is structured a little bit differently where we don't have just one or two people who preach every week. We have a team of people who meet together and pray and ask God for wisdom and then set the course for (laughs) the next series and months leading, you know, that we're in. Um, And you're one of those people. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there are about um, 10 of us. There's 17 on our team and there's about 10 of us that preach pretty regularly and you're one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about the fact that God has given you this gift Mm -hmm. and how have you developed it and what is it meant to you to be able to walk it out? That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, So uh, what was the first part again? How do you feel about the fact that God has given you this gift and, and like when, when did you kind of realize this? Yeah. Um, So I've, I've been involved in church leadership uh, or min- uh, church ministry since I was in junior high. And so that's kind of always been uh, part of it. I started out playing the guitar in my junior high youth group. And then as a freshman, uh, I became uh, one of the leaders of one of the ministries at, at our church. Uh, and uh, our church was awesome about bringing student leaders in and training them up, uh, which is uh, just, again, by the grace of God, something that I've been blessed to have. Um, but I-, I think that it it kind of started in high school a little bit because they, uh, there would be certain nights. Most of the time it would be, you know, an adult that would come and, and, you know, preach to the high school kids, but sometimes, uh, students would do it. And I had one or two opportunities to do it and it, it felt relatively natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had people, you know, tell me, Hey, like that was like, that was pretty good. Uh, and then, uh, I think one, uh, one instance that really stuck out to me is that at, at that church I was at, I was a freshman in college, um, and uh, in order to be a member at the church, uh, you would get baptized. And, and th- in that process, you would uh, give your testimony to all the members of the church, uh, and then the elders would kind of, you know, confirm that they believe you should be a part of the membership of the church, that you're, you know, are in fact saved, that you you, you are committed to the health of the church and uh uh, and also to be accountable to to the leaders of the church as well. Anyway, uh, so in in my testimony, um, I have a very boring Christian testimony, right? You know, I was f- kind of ordinary. Yeah, very ordinary. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I was five years old, and I went to a, a Christian school in kindergarten. And we made you know the wordless uh, book with all the colors, and we went through it. And I brought it home to my mom, and she's like, "Do you know what that means?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it means this and this and this." And so my mom just asked me, "Hey." Like, do you want to know who Jesus is? I said, yeah. And so we prayed right there. She was making cookies. <laughs> and we prayed right there. Perfect. And I and I cried through the prayer. I didn't know why. Aww. But I cried through the prayer. And I'm like, Mom, I think I need to go sit on the couch. And so I, so I just went and sat on the couch. But anyway, I have a very boring testimony, mm-hmm. uh, a very ordinary testimony. Yeah. Uh, but And so when I had the opportunity to give my testimony, um, there was a lot of people in that church that have the same testimony. And so what I did is I ultimately just preached a message of the gospel of it's not, it's not about my testimony. It's about what my testimony represents and just the goodness of Jesus and, and, uh, paying for my sin in full, uh, and, and what that means. Uh, and so I ultimately, I, I preached a 30 minute message, uh, and giving my testimony. And after, you gave your testimony, the congregation would kind of uh, walk in a line, you know, and, you know, welcome you to the congregation, et cetera. And I had at least a dozen or two dozen people come up and say, 
you need to be a preacher. Wow. You should preach uh, uh, because, like, you basically just you know preached a sermon there. And so that uh, I kind of laughed it off, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> uh, but that that did stick out to me, yeah. and that I, I felt that God had given me that gift. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really where it started. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So mm-hmm. talk talk to us now about what transpired then at the beginning of the church that we all started mm-hmm. and you coming to the place because you know a lot of people have it in their minds that in order to be a preacher mm-hmm. you have to have gone through seminary you have to have this yeah. you know like this title it's your full-time job yeah and yeah. it's just i mean we just do it differently we yeah. believe that god has called many people mm-hmm. to with this given them this gift and called mm-hmm. them to do this and so and you're one of those people yeah. so and, and I can say from experience, because I've sat and listened to all of your messages that you've preached at our church over the last four years, you're very anointed, you're very gifted, and you com- communicate in a very clear way. So what was that like, <laughs> getting up there and actually uh, doing it as like, okay, this is my gig? Yeah, yeah. Um, I When we started the church and we were kind of uh, you know, talking about how, you know, the leadership structure would work and the teaching structure would work. I, I knew that I was going to be a part of the teaching team because I, uh, again, kind of going back to that seed that was planted yeah. uh, at my old church, I knew that that was something that I was called to, yeah. even though I hadn't really practiced it in that in that setting right. uh, very much. Um, I knew that I was called to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think um, God had really been uh, preparing me for it just in the way that I uh, lived my uh, life and uh, furthered my walk, my personal walk with Christ. Um, there was actually a, a season uh, when I was in college where I basically fasted from all entertainment. Uh, so like TV, I'm not a huge video game player, but like TV, video games, Facebook, it like I, no entertainment. Like I might go and watch a movie with my friends, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And because God convicted me that I was spending a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was every time that I had downtime and would have, you know, watched an episode of a TV show, I would sit down and I would watch a sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, I mean, that year alone, I had to watch, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred hours of just sermons. That was an entire um, year. Entire year. Wow. Uh, and so, I, and I, uh, when I was in college, I also worked uh, nights, and sometimes things would be slow uh, at, at uh, night shift in the hospital. And so, if I had some downtime, I would watch three or four sermons in a shift uh, mm-hmm. because I would just, you know, watch it for twenty minutes, go see some of my patients, come back, watch, you know, wow. watch more. And God was preparing you. Yeah, and so I, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I was just f- being filled with so much uh, uh, biblical knowledge, um, and I'm, I'm kind of a learner by nature. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of have a student mentality, and I always want to be learning. And so, uh, I think God really used that to prepare me um, for what was coming. And so mm-hmm. I, I had been, uh, listening to so many different people preach that, uh, kind of, I think all of their styles just kind of started to get ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think God just kind of took it from there and he mm-hmm. said, uh, okay, I remember the first time that I was scheduled to preach, uh, and I was, uh, I, I, the, um, sermon series was silence. And so I was like, what? what? I I volunteered for this, but I don't know why. I'm supposed to speak. I'm supposed to speak on silence. What? And um, I, I thinking back, I remember that this happened when I I was kind of preparing my quote unquote message for my testimony. But God just kind of dropped it in my lap at that time. And so when I when I really sat down and was preparing my message and and humbly coming before God and saying God what what do you want me to say to your church because uh, I I was very aware of what the Bible says about the responsibility of biblical teachers yeah. uh, and that is not something that I take lightly at all mm-hmm. uh, and so um, and then it just kind of came and and that's and ever since that point that's kind of how it's been like uh, oftentimes. Uh, I just always have my phone with me most of the time because of my job. And um, every once in a while, God will just drop little snippets and I'll just write them down. And oftentimes it's super specific to, 
either like a sermon that I'm preparing for at that point, or, you know, when we do our next teaching team meeting, I've, you know, there's a sermon series like, oh, that's what was there for, you know, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. God. I'll, I'll do that. And so yeah. it, I hate to say that it's easy because it is a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. but God has been so faithful and kind of, uh, helping me work out that gifting that he mm-hmm. has given me. It's so good. Um, but. I think it's so unique and so incredible. The, the picture that you are a physical surgeon mm-hmm. working on people's physical bodies, mm-hmm. helping bring health mm-hmm. and, um, function mm-hmm. to their bones and their joints and, God's also called you to that spiritually. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I don't know how many surgeons I've run into who it's like I'm a surgeon and I'm a preacher. Mm-hmm. Those are your, mm-hmm. you know, we say yeah. that a lot. Like you're a surgeon by trade, but you're a preacher by calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just think that's so cool. I was just picturing that, like you working on a person physically. Yeah. But then that spiritual picture of mm-hmm. how God calls all of us. Mm-hmm. Like we are all surgeons spiritually in the mm-hmm. sense that we are called to be those that bring that hope, bring that healing, that bring that knowledge of who Jesus is and how he heals them. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so incredible that you get that opportunity to do both mm-hmm. and how unique that is. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I haven't been able to do a sermon yet on, uh, you know, the body. And I, for those of you that don't know me, I'm just a complete and utter nerd Um, when it Mm -hmm. it comes to thing of biology, the Bible, (laughs) you know, everything. And so, uh, in the best possible way, uh, uh, my wife might, may or may not disagree (laughs) with you, but, uh, so uh, I I haven't gotten the opportunity to specifically, you know, uh, merge the two, merge the two in, in a way that's, you know, uh, obvious it is going to come i promise you yes. but um yeah i i completely agree heidi and, and it's um i think it all starts with uh being a surgeon of my own heart yes um, and especially uh, we say this a lot in our teaching team uh but if if your heart is not broken and burdened for the word that god has given you for uh, the church, then, then something is wrong. Uh, and so uh, that is one of the biggest things for me when I'm preparing a message is is I I asked to be broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, it, it oftentimes is, you know, revealing something in me or, uh, just reminding myself afresh of just the goodness and the grace of God and his character. And that, and that fires me up to just be like, if, if, me as you know a lifelong christian i've been in church ministry for basically my you know half of my life and definitely all of my adult life like if if i continually need to be reminded of 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 the character of god and and the goodness and the faithfulness of god then other people definitely do yeah. uh, and so it it's um going back to the surgeon part, it's so important, uh, as a preacher and as a, any Christian to, to really do surgery on your own heart. Yeah. And the Bible actually calls it circumcising, mm, yeah. uh, your heart, which just means you, you, you cut it and lay it open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, you know, that way God can start to work on you. And so if, if God, as, as a preacher of God's word, if God is not working on your heart, uh, then there's no way that he's going to use you, you know, from the pulpit and it's just not going to happen. So good. I love it. One of the things that stood out to me, and I think someone needs to hear this, is God was preparing you through the events that were going on in your life years before you actually Mm -hmm. saw the fruit of that Mm -hmm. or the ability to walk out a call that you didn't even necessarily know was on your life. Mm -hmm. And I think long before you were given a stage to preach on, long before you even knew what you would be called to do. And I think we need to be so mindful of the preparation that God is putting in our life right now. And some of it is tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Heather, how are you going to walk out this test that I have for you right now because of this calling that I have for you five years years from now (laughs) or 10 years from now? And it's in those faithfulness, sort of that steadfastness that we have towards our Heavenly Father and what He's putting right in front of us that then He allows us to walk fully in -hmm. what it is He's actually prepared for us to do that we have to live that out and walk that out. And I think that that's so, such a beautiful picture that you just shared about people recognizing that gift that you had, Mm -hmm. but you not even like those seeds were being planted in your heart, but you had no idea what was coming 
five, eight years down the road. And now where he's placed you, you have a voice and you have a stage and you're impacting people's eternities and their heart conditions. I think that's really beautiful. I I didn't preach a single message from the time when I gave my testimony until the time when I preached my first message Mm -hmm. at Church church 214. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I I had prepared speeches and stuff for school and whatever and gave presentations, but I I had not... uh, taught the word of God, which is a much uh, yeah. higher, le- higher, <laughs> higher level of discipline and a much weightier yeah. task. Yeah. Uh, I had not done that for, it would have been close to six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. I um, think that's so important to note, Isaac, because if I had to list some characteristics about you, it was that you are humble mm-hmm. and you're patient. <laughs> And I think a lot of times people see the glimpse of the call God has on their life and they want to rush it and they Mm -hmm. want to be there now. Like, oh, well, I was told I should be preaching. So therefore, God, give me the stage and Mm -hmm. give it to me now. Like, Mm -hmm. let me step into this right now. And you had that picture of like, okay, I have all these people affirming me that this Mm -hmm. is a gift on my life. And then God didn't open the stage to you. He didn't give you a platform Mm -hmm. for many years to come. And I think that is why you do have the ability to get up and to do it at a very young age, relatively, and to do it with a lot of humility. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that is so important in our culture today, a culture where we want everything instantly. We want instant gratification. If someone else is doing it, we can do it. Mm -hmm. But yet God's timing is not like our timing, Mm -hmm. is it? Sometimes he shows us the the vision and then he says, and now wait. Mm -hmm. And, And while you're waiting, be prepared work on yeah. your heart, work on your life, work on your disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think that's ultimately what it was is, you know, God kind of gave me a picture of what, you know, how he was going to use me. Uh, but there was uh, still things in my life that needed to be worked out. Yeah. And there were seasons that I had to go through um, of uh, just uh, refinement and uh, having to press into God more than I had ever before. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, really put even more of my trust and more of my reliance on him. And so that when it did get to the point where I was actually preaching his word on a relatively regular basis, uh, I, I knew where those words were coming from and it was not coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was coming from him. What are some of your spiritual disciplines that you cannot live without? That's a great question. Um, I uh, started this about a year ago. I try and uh, fast, uh, from food, uh, uh, one or two or two days a month, every other week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, has definitely been beneficial, especially, uh, I always do it, uh, during the week before I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that especially has been beneficial for me to, uh, just heighten my awareness of, of what God is speaking. Uh, and, um, to also just prepare my heart and just to be more hungry for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause if, if I'm, uh, you know, hungry for something other than him, that any word that I say, uh, you know, could be in error. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, uh, again, going back to the responsibility as preachers of God's word, that's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would be one of them would be fasting. Uh, I am, uh, something that I'm really working harder on is, is my prayer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, am you know good at praying at meals and and Holly and I pray together before bed and we pray over Atlas before he goes to bed, uh, but being more in a continuous state of prayer and conversation and and humbling myself and submitting myself to what God wants to mm-hmm. say to me, uh, that's something that I'm trying to work on and trying to build a discipline in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one would would you know just be being in God's Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm by nature relatively disciplined and so. Uh, it's been pretty easy for me over the years to, you know, always at least, you know, read a chapter of the Bible, even if it's just a couple verses, mm-hmm. especially when I was in college and I, I was very busy with classwork and things. Sometimes that's all I actually had time for because I was in class full time, working part time at nights, you know, I just didn't have time. Um, and so uh, that discipline is kind of, discipline has kind of always been there. Um and uh, so that's those are probably the three that I would say. Do you ever find that you, in your discipline, especially because you said you are tend to be a disciplined person, mm-hmm. that you ever walk through those disciplines and just check 
check the box. Oh, absolutely. So what does absolutely. that look like to keep that fresh, your ears fresh to hear mm-hmm. what God is saying to you? Because I think a lot of us can do that. Like, yeah. okay, I've read my Bible, check the box. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. And uh, as somebody who is kind of uh, drawn towards discipline by nature, that it's, you know, that that's especially when our lives get busy, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, we, we do our discipline because Autopilot. Yeah, we're disciplined by nature, so we yeah. have to do our discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it becomes, like you said, just checking a box. Yeah. And honestly, preaching has really helped me with that because, uh, you know, when, when it's just, uh, you know, my own life that, that I'm screwing up because I'm not actually digging into the Word, that's mm. one thing. But if, if I am... Uh, not taking the time to really digest uh, God's word and spend time in silence listening to what he has to say to me through it, mm-hmm. then I'm also endangering the the, the spiritual lives of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of another um, characteristic of, of mine is, is I, I do care a lot about people. I've devoted my life to, you know, to helping yeah. people in my uh, profession. Yeah. Uh, but you know, especially spiritually, you know, I've mentioned it several times, but I, I take it very seriously, the fact that um, God is going to judge me at, at, uh, on a higher standard yeah. uh, than somebody who doesn't preach his word. So and so that that has definitely helped me because uh, I'm I'm almost pretty constantly preparing for a message. I preach often enough and, and uh, you know, I take a month or two to, you know, really study and really drill down my content and things. And so that has really helped me to be really intentional about my, mm-hmm. especially my Bible reading so and my time in prayer and listening. Um, so that that's probably what I would say. A friend of ours just the other day said, I thought this was so good. It reminded me when you said this. She said, you know, often when we don't take our own thoughts captive mm-hmm. and we let a thought come in it's from the devil you know and we sit there and dwell on it and then it becomes an action or uh a, it comes out verbally mm-hmm. we hinder other people's faith other mm-hmm. people's walk we actually influence other people because of our negative thought and i was just thinking about that how you know when we preach we have this power to influence people. Absolutely. Um, But when we have that negative thought, we also have this power to influence people. And like you have the power to influence people Mm -hmm. no matter if what you're saying is from the word of God or from the devil. Mm -hmm. And I love that you keep reminding us of that because yes, we as preachers and teachers of God's word and as leaders in the church, we are called, we will be judged at a higher, on a higher standard like Mm -hmm. we're called to a higher standard Mm -hmm. and um but i think it's important for all of us to remember that we are all as believers bearers of the light of jesus Mm -hmm. and so we are all called to that standard Mm -hmm. um and just the influence that we have will go out is it going to be that negative influence Mm -hmm. that we're listening to the lies of the devil or is it going to be that we're listening to the holy spirit and we have that positive influence yeah well yeah whether you like it or not you are created in his image and so uh, a non-Christian desecrating his image is, is an expected thing. Yeah. Uh, but as, as a Christian to uh, conduct your life or uh, your words or what you do in such a way that does not properly display God's image, uh, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what sin yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Okay, so the, God's word is so clear that the relationship of Jesus and the church mm-hmm. is very intentional that we are the bride and he is the bridegroom. And so let's talk. So we've talked about the church and let's talk about marriage. Yeah. So you're, let's see, you, you and Holly are what? Three years, three in. years in. Yeah. And, um, I would have to say, I know that I'm your sister in love, mm-hmm. but I would have to say, I am continually impressed mm-hmm. by your guys's marriage, mm-hmm. by both of your steadiness and your lack of drama mm-hmm. for, from both of you and your maturity. Yeah. Yeah, we try and run a very drama-free house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, and ultimately, that's, in my opinion, that's God's grace, but it's also just kind of the nature of Holly and I's personalities. We are both just very pretty laid back, even keel, mm-hmm. pretty laid back. It's hard to upset us, mm-hmm. uh, and so that that really works well uh, in our marriage because mm-hmm. 
we don't get upset with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. we really uh, do not have fights. We, we just don't uh, because we just don't get upset. Yeah. Uh, and um, You know that's very uncommon, uh, right? I, I, know, I know it's really <laughs> uncommon, absolutely. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, but yeah, our, our, uh, our marriage has been, uh, hard in its own ways, but ultimately it's been just super easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because God has been in it and we yeah. feel that like God has been in it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we kind of knew that we were going to marry each other within, you know, a couple months of us, you know, dating, even though we were seven hours away, which is maybe a story for a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, God has just been so faithful, and I think that He's just given us both uh, a sense of humility, and I I have no desire to 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 make myself great, especially in my marriage, because that is just a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that uh, Holly, you know, feels the same way, and I think that that ser- serves us both well. And I think it, you know, it, it definitely displays, um, you know, God's purpose and what a marriage is supposed to look like. Yeah. Do you guys take date nights? We do. Uh, we uh, both of our love languages definitely include uh, quality time, mm-hmm. uh, but we try and make the most of of the ordinary moments. Kind of not to be cheesy <laughs> for the podcast, but we we really do. Yeah. Um, and uh, we do take date nights. You know, we go out to eat or whatever. It's been a little bit more difficult because of the baby, and he's yeah. breastfeeding, so we can really only leave him for a couple, hours. couple hours yeah. at a time. <laughs> Boy likes uh, to eat. He does like to eat, <laughs> and his body attests to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we do take date nights. Uh, we do try and take you know a vacation a year, even if it's just you know a long weekend or something, just to kind of get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, get away from the uh, busy life of work and ministry and, you know, uh, friends, even though friends are awesome, they do take up time. Yes. And uh, so you need to take the time to, you know, work on your own marriage. But yeah. I, I would say that what maybe sets us apart is that we are very intentional in uh, the ordinary moments uh, and not not just intentional about what we like what we're doing or what we're saying or the questions that we're asking each other, but we both just value that time. Mm-hmm. And we, we take the, we take that time seriously and, and, and capture it and saying like this, I, I feel filled up just by sitting here and watching a TV show mm-hmm. with you. Like, yeah, right. Or like, making uh, dinner together. Yeah. Or making, yeah. We love making dinner together. And yeah. so just choosing to absorb that time as, you know, quality time with mm-hmm. my wife and, yeah. co- and connecting. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a big part of it. I love that. One of my favorite things um, about you on kind of a surface level, you know, like mm-hmm. aside from the the fact that, you know, we love you and we value you and you're mm-hmm. awesome spiritually, but you're an incredible cook. You love to cook. <laughs> I do. And you are so gifted at being able to distinguish taste and flavor. Mm-hmm. So like we will go to dinner and you will be able to like taste something and like, oh, wow, I taste a little bit of like lemon zest and with a hint of curry. And, you know, I mean, and you're yeah. always spot on. Yeah. It's so, so I think having you in my kitchen is one of my most fun things. I love being in your kitchen because you let me try things. All the time. <laughs> so I get like, to I eat. love handing out, like, yeah. here, Isaac, like season these sweet potatoes. Yeah. And you always come up with something fun and unique and yeah. so fun. Yeah, I, I, I do love cooking. I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a creative person by nature. But if I am creative in some area, it's it's probably the kitchen, yeah. uh, or uh, with cocktails. I don't I, know if I don't know if I can yes, say that on the podcast. Yes, totally. Tell us, yeah. tell us about the birthday cocktail. Yeah. So um, Holly and uh, Blake, our other sister in love, uh, have kind of a birthday close together, and they're best friends. And so we basically just throw a big birthday party yes. for them, and it's so fun. It is. And so starting two years ago, yeah, two years ago, uh, I. Uh, I, I'm you know, a fan of whiskey and, and you know, I, I like the art of making cocktails because it's not something that everybody does. I'm kind of quirky like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love uh, just taking flavors that, you know, can sometimes be difficult to like, like how are these things supposed to go together? Yeah. You know? yeah. and sometimes alcohol can be hard to work with because it has, it, you know, its own flavor and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But anyway, so I decided that I was that every year now when they have their birthday bash, I'm going to create a cocktail uh from scratch not using any recipes or anything like that and so it's it's a lot of fun because it it does get my creative juices flowing a little Mm -hmm. bit 
Uh, and so I, I definitely like kind of, uh, you know, just playing around with things. And it also gives me an excuse to kind of build my personal bar at home. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, babe, I think I think I want to try this and that and put these things together. So I think we need to go on a run to, to, to the store to, to get some supplies. And so but, it, it, you test these out for quite a while ahead of time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I, I do a lot of R&D to make sure that it's exactly what I That's want. That's what you mean. Yes. Well, they have both been, well, I actually only had one because I had to miss last year, but it I was heard so it was good. amazing. Yeah, it uh, it was really tasty. I have some ideas for, for next year, but it's secret. So. Okay, so fun. That's secret. Yeah. See, but I love that you can be like fun and lighthearted and talk about cocktails and food, but then also spiritually deep. I think that's so important. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they are not mutually exclusive. I try yeah. not to take myself too seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what marriage has looked like since Atlas has arrived. Yeah. How has that changed your relationship? And what have you done to still prioritize yeah. each other? Um, again, Holly and I are super ordinary just because we don't, we're not easily upset about things or, you know, we, we do get stressed, but we're... You're not demanding. No, we're, yeah, we're, we're so, uh, both Holly and I, especially at something I value so much about Holly is that she is so low maintenance in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so that makes my job easy to some, to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it also um, just gives us confidence in each other because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, even when things do get hard with Atlas, mm-hmm. you know. Which we, you've had some hard yeah, seasons. Yeah, we went through some seasons mm-hmm. where he was, I mean, up every hour, you know, fussy, wouldn't want to be put down, you know, baby stuff that a lot of people yeah. go through. Yeah. Uh, but I, I knew that even though Holly was tired and stressed as all get out, especially being, uh, you know, a mama and, 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 you know, when mamas don't know exactly how to, to care for their baby and what to do for them. Like, why, like, why aren't you, I'm doing everything I can for you. Right. I'm giving you everything that I know how to give you. And you're still yeah. not happy. That can, you know, that can weigh on, on a mama's heart. And so. Well, and in addition, she's the executive director of our church. Yeah. yeah she runs the church. Very important job. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Yeah. And so I, I, just by the nature of Holly and I's personalities, I know that even though all that stuff is going on, Holly and I's marriage is not going to suffer because of it. Because I know that even when she gets stressed, uh, I, I know that I, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, hey, babe, what can I do? You know, yeah. what, how, how can I help you and serve you to take something off of your plate, even if it's just watching Atlas for an hour so you can go to the grocery store, yeah. you know, and have that breather? Yeah. Um, it, it has looked a, a, a little different. Intimacy has looked a little different mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because, you know, babies tend to wake up at inopportune times. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. But yeah, uh, it. Middle uh, schoolers. Yeah, also, I'm sure. Yeah. They just don't go to bed until the, it's very late. Yeah, mm-hmm. every season I'm sure will have its challenges. <laughs> um, but it, honestly, it has been so awesome for our marriage because it it uh, just highlights everything that I love about her. Mm-hmm. Um, one because she is so uh, you know easygoing, even though we have this you know, tiny human disrupting all of, you know, the way that we live for, you know, two years, two and a half years, uh, it still feels the same, you know, uh, and, uh, she is, uh, just tough as nails, not, not in a hard hearted way, but just in, in a resilience way. And to see her go through, uh, childbirth and everything that entailed and to see her continue to, to love Atlas just makes me love her even more. Um, and kind of going back to what I said uh, about just choosing that quality time, uh, I think that's even more important with a baby because we get you know less a long time together. Mm-hmm. So it's just being intentional about choosing. Okay, like like this time, I'm just going to cherish this moment. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. cherish this moment with my son and with my wife, watching her act so goofy and making him belly laugh. You know, yeah. uh, and so. Um, I don't think it, it, it doesn't need to be, oh, you know, we go out on these elaborate dates. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's how we connect. You can choose to connect on that level and even more yeah. deeply just with everyday moments so, that, that you just look and say like, like, this is what it's about. This yeah. is because life is not about going out and having an expensive dinner and dressing right. up in nice clothes. Those things are fun. Yeah. But life is about taking those ordinary moments and saying like, like, this is what it's about. This yes. is why God created me to be a father for this family mm. and, and a husband for this woman. Yeah. Uh, and so those, 
those are the small things that it could be 10 seconds, but it, it fills you up for that day to say, okay, like I, I connected with my wife and my family mm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, we could put you so. on a billboard for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying not we to could. hit all the buzzwords, but it, it works so well. <laughs> but it's yeah. seriously, that's I, the point though. It is. It's yeah. those 10 seconds. Yeah, it's it those is. moments where you look at each other and you go, this is, is. everything, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And because we're both so low maintenance, like that's, that's enough for us, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, uh, it makes it cheaper because we don't have to go out that's on long expensive yeah, dates. But so true. I, I think it's less about the fact that you guys are low maintenance and more about the fact that you have found contentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that you yeah. are both very thankful and content and appreciative for what God's given you. Mm-hmm. And I think that you are like, you truly cherish each other and you true, you cherish your people. Like I think mm-hmm. of my own kids and Heather's kids who you are a Marian. You're a Marian uncle to them, which mm-hmm. none of them remember. I mean, Bennett remembers Benny life without might, you, but, maybe not, but yeah. my kids don't. I mean, if mm-hmm. they have no clue that you aren't, you know, grandma's son. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. True. So um, I think just like you love people so well mm-hmm. and you value people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think that's, you know, even tonight we were getting ready to pray before dinner. We're all standing around Heather's kitchen and I look over and you're holding Juliet, you know, Heather's eight-year-old daughter loving on her and rubbing her back and mm-hmm. she's got her head on your shoulder and I just thought like what a picture of Jesus mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are to our kids even. Yeah. And well to, he is her dance partner. He I is am. her dance partner. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My so, my name her name for me is Dancer. Dancer. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you've yeah. been that way to them mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. day one of going, this is my this is my next family. You know, yeah. and so yeah. just I think from a sister heart, that is really valuable. Yeah. The fact that I know my kids have another man in their life who values them, who is their back getter, who is looking out for them, who can instruct them, who I would let discipline my kids, mm-hmm. who whose input I really value. Mm-hmm. And that is, I know, I don't take that lightly because I know not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's truly extraordinary yeah. to have that type of a friendship and a relationship with someone that's married to my sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, two things. You're... Both of your kids, all of our nieces and nephews, are extremely easy to love. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. But number two, uh, I, I remember thinking about this when when I was thinking about asking Holly out way way back in the beginning, and I was like, uh, like okay, like all like I know that I can communicate with you know the adults and not like get you to like me, but I'm I, I think I'm a relatively likable person. <laughs> but uh, but I, I knew that like because I didn't have a whole lot of experience with kids before coming into your family because I'm the youngest in my family and my my brother didn't have kids yet and my cousins you know didn't really have kids yet and so uh you know your family was like my first you know (laughs) you know jumping in experience with kids and so I knew like man like the one barrier is like I have to win the kids over for for like for for, because I knew how important your kids were to each other and how close the cousins were and I'm like like my my number one mission (laughs) <laughs> apart from winning Holly over is to, to get the kids to like me. Oh. Uh, and uh, I think that that has, has you had served, no trouble. served me well. So Juliet took a little, she played hard to get for a little while, but I finally won her over. Yeah, and now you're just at the top of her list. Yeah. Well, and it's so fun to see your son now just mm-hmm. in the mix. Like he's yeah. only what, almost seven months old, but he is just like, let me at him. Like yeah. put me in there with all those cousins. He's so frustrated and, that he can't I move. Know. Please don't can't move. Crawl. He's hanging down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me go. He's so frustrated. So what has the role of father meant to you? How has it changed mm. you? It, uh, while we were pregnant, I was kind of thinking about it ahead of time and preparing myself like uh, like how am I going to have a father's heart? You know, what type mm-hmm. of father am I going to be? What example am I going to set for my son? Um, and I thought about that before, you know, before even getting married too because I knew that I was called to be a father. Yeah. Uh, and so just looking forward, I was like, well, if I'm going to be a father, I guess I better start figuring it out, you know? <laughs> um, but... Uh, being a father is is a humbling experience. Um, it shows you how much you uh, don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but it also gives you such uh, an amazing sense of purpose that, like, man, I 
have so few things figured out. Uh, and God, I just need to rely on you because my, like my, like my son's at an age where it's like, he, you know, he's seven, almost seven months. So he's still, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't need a whole lot from me except for some love every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to get to the point soon where it's, you know, uh, dad's discipline is going to be a major part of his life. And so, yeah. um, uh, I, I <laughs> I need to figure out uh, and try and emulate as much as possible how how God is so uh, tender and um, sensitive, but so specific about how He disciplines me. Uh, and I need to do my best to emulate that to my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think that that's going to be a challenge uh, uh, coming up, and something that every father has to go through. But uh, kind of like I said, it's it's been such an amazing season of kind of stepping into that role, uh, and the excitement of, you know, having that, uh, uh, purpose of being a father. Cause I think that's, you know, that is my first call apart from being a husband to Holly is to be a father. And so stepping into any calling that God gives you is always exciting. Um, that's so good. That's so good. So good. I think you're going to do it with so much grace. You already are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You and Holly both are doing an outstanding job parenting. Yeah, yeah I've been, been am- so proud. I've been amazed watching you because so many first-time parents freak out, and it's just it's life-altering in not a good way. Mm-hmm. And for you guys, you've had you've had some hard moments with Atlas, some hard seasons with him not being able to process, you know, f- different food that Holly was eating and having to walk through all of that and. Um, you guys have just handled it with such steadiness and mm-hmm. such grace. And I have been, uh, I never would have looked at you and thought, wow, they're a first time parents. No. I mean, you've just yeah. done such an incredible job. Well, and you also haven't dramatized the hard things. You've just kind of taken it in stride. And yeah, again, there's no, no room for drama and... in our house. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we end up having a little girl that's, that has it, drama that you I don't may know have what we're going to do. Yes, you may have to alter <laughs> your, your feelings a little bit and direct that in a I way know. that. The coming I, from someone who has a daughter who can tend to be drama. I'm I'm open to it. I think Juliet has been has been good training for yes. it. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm open to it. But if we never had that kind of drama in my house, I can't say that I would. Yeah, I'd be okay. With it. I'd be okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, so one last question before okay. we wrap up. Heidi and I just feel that it's so important, and we've been challenging each other recently. How do we refresh? Because we can often give so much as moms, as church leaders, as wives, mm-hmm. we can give so much of ourselves to everyone else yeah. and forget to take care of ourselves, yeah. forget to refresh. And so we're asking each other mm-hmm. and we're asking our guests. Mm-hmm. And it might not be something that people know the answer to right away. We both had to go, how do we refresh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really made us think, but yeah. how do you refresh? Yeah. Um, I think it comes... Uh, a little bit from many different areas. Uh, I can't say that I have one thing where it's like, if that is the only way that I can be refreshed. Um, so I think one of them would be uh, hunting. Uh, we didn't really get to it before, but I'm a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to wake up early in the morning mm-hmm. and watch the sunrise and watch the world wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, um, while stressful in its own right, uh, because you're tired because you have to get up. Yeah before the butt crack of dawn, <laughs> uh, uh, that serenity and solitude, uh, can definitely be a time where, you know, phones off, not thinking about anything else other than, you know, the deer that's walking by my tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, that's one way. Um, another way, uh, again, is just taking the time in those little moments uh, especially with Holly and Atlas to say, you know, I could have a stressful day at work where, you know, things didn't go right in surgery or, you know, I had a really long day or I'm coming off of a weekend being on call and not really getting much sleep. Uh, but even taking those, you know, 15 seconds of just enjoying my, my wife and my son to just take a breath and say, okay, like all of that crap that just happened has, very little meaning compared to what's in front of me right now. Yes. And that, that can bring you a lot of joy and refreshment. And I would say the last one uh, would probably be uh, just back to, to message prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there uh, can be a lot of 
uh, pain involved in message prep. There can be a lot of uh, personal work that God is doing in your heart, which can be painful. There can be a lot of attacks that come because you're uh, uh, preparing a word that uh, God intends for his church, and uh, Satan wants no part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that can be painful. But uh, I know in my life there are very few things that refresh me and fill me up than uh, hearing from God in a way that I never had before uh, or seeing something in a passage that I had never had before, making a connection that I never had before, or just experiencing just uh, an overflow of his grace uh, uh, in a fresh way. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, Like I said, I've, I've been a Christian for just about all my life, been in ministry for all my life, but uh, the, the, the grace and the abundance of God's faithfulness and who he is continues to blow my mind. Mm-hmm. And so those, uh, those are the times when I really feel truly refreshed and filled up. Uh, I think, uh, I think I, I'm not often a crier, uh, mm-hmm. uh, at least not as much as your husband, Heather, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I don't think I've ever prepared a message where I haven't, uh, sat in our office, uh, all by myself and just bawled my eyes out either because of personal conviction mm-hmm. uh, or just because of just thanking God for how good he is yeah. um, and how amazing his grace is and why, why would he choose uh, a broken ordinary person like me not only to be uh, his son and to be an heir to the throne of heaven which is just nuts uh, but to communicate his character and communicate his goodness to other people in a way that brings him glory mm-hmm. um, that that fills me up mm-hmm. and that refreshes me because uh, all of the problems of of you know your life just seem to melt away when you're standing before God yeah. um, th- th- that is the single most effective way that I'm refreshed mm-hmm. That's so good so, amazing. Yeah. so proud of you on a super personal note um <laughs> My husband's also a bow hunter. Yes. He's a small part of why you're a part of it too. But a, a large part, actually, yeah. but yeah. But I think it's so interesting how God so cares about the things we care about mm-hmm. because he's always had this deep desire to have a brother that hunted with him. Mm-hmm. And he has a physical brother, but they have fairly different interests. Yeah. And um, then you came along. You were not a hunter. <laughs> I, I, I had always wanted to be. Not a bow hunter. Yeah, I had always wanted yeah. to be. Uh, yeah. My family is actually a family of fishermen, yes. but not hunters. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I just think it's so cool how that's something that he kind of always has quietly wanted and thought it would be really cool. And then God gave you, God gave you. to him yeah. as a brother. So, yeah. So cool. Happy to fill God that role. God is so detailed. <laughs> and you forgot deck nights. I did forget deck nights. Which yeah. they're coming up again and, and soon. The weather's Hopefully. coming. And that, that is actually, if there was a number four of how I'm refreshed, it, it is just being like being with our people. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, laughing and having fun and, yeah. and making jokes. And uh, I mean, for that, real though, you and Holly lived with us for five months yeah, when five months. You, your apartment flooded and you were That's looking also for a story home. for another time. It's, 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 but literally some of my favorite memories where <laughs> we just gives over the spring and summer and Absolutely. we would just every night like be out on that deck just yeah. just talking and sharing. Passionate and, life. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So many different stories and things to talk about there. <laughs> so but, many. So but much. But yeah, that, that, that would definitely be a number four is just being with our people and yeah. – uh, just encouraging each other and laughing with each other, and uh, that definitely refreshes me and fills me up. I say this a lot, but if you find people like that that you can do life with, like this, don't leave them. Don't leave them. Mm-hmm. Don't leave them. Cling to them. Yeah, it is really valuable. Value yeah, them. It's absolutely. So Isaac, our hour has flown. Uh, uh, yes, gone. it has. We can it's do another been. hour sometime. We can. <laughs> when you married in, you we have a brother Isaac, and so you're the second Isaac. Yeah. So some yeah. of the siblings call you. Isaac 2.0. Yeah. Or some, other. Some of or you call other. Yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. Or like my daughter who has to differentiate between Uncle Isaac and Uncle Isaac just calls you Isaac Schaefer. Isaac Schaefer, yeah. And so there, you've got all these names, but um, it's been such an honor to have you join our family. Absolutely. We love uh, you deeply. I know I've said this before uh, uh, to you guys, but I could not. I have one biological brother. And I could not have imagined having sisters, biological or not, that were mm-hmm. as amazing as all of you and all of our married ancestors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are six. Lots of them. I don't know. <laughs> a lot. 
if I'm if I'm missing somebody, I'm sorry. But I I could not have imagined having a group of women not only as my friends but as my sisters uh, and as aunts to my son and as uh, uh, sisters and friends to my wife to not only just to have in my life but to be able to do life with on a regular basis um, that's that's a blessing that I I honestly wasn't expecting and wasn't asking for uh, but it has been uh, so amazing I, I could not have asked for better sisters so mm-hmm. I, I love you guys thanks yeah. so we don't we do this hardly ever, but I really feel like we're supposed to. Would you just close this out with prayer Absolutely. over our listeners mm-hmm. and over anyone who's going to hear your words? Because yeah, I just value your wisdom and your heart for the Lord so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we just thank you for who you are. Uh, thank you for your constant and ferocious pursuit of us. God, even when we Uh, flee from you, even when we spit in your face, even when we uh, decide that we want to go our own way and and what we have as a vision for our life is better than yours. Uh, God, thank you for continuing to run after us uh, and running us down and being patient with us and pursuing us and then giving us a greater, grander vision uh, and greater gifts than than we ever could have imagined. Um, God, I pray that you would Uh, just illuminate our eyes to who you are. Uh, I pray that you would help us to see uh, you in the daily mundane things. Uh, God, that we would see your power uh, in the miraculous and also in the mundane. Uh, God, I pray over all of uh, the listeners of H&H. God, I pray that you just go with them uh, this week. God, that you would empower them and equip them to live life in a way that pleases you. Uh, to step into their identity as a son or a daughter of the king. Uh, God, I pray that you would especially equip uh, the men and the women listening to uh, uh, live lives that uh, are centered on pleasing you uh, and that uh, people would live according to the gifts and the calling that they have as fathers, as mothers, as uh, sisters, as brothers, as husbands. Um, And God, I pray that you just equip them now with the power of the Spirit. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ike Schaefer. You're welcome. Happy to be here. (laughs) We love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, and we will chat with you next time. Mm